0: This is Live Well Talk on diet and colon cancer. I'm Dr. Dustin Arnold, Chief Medical Officer at Union Point Health, St. Luke's Hospital. Returning to the podcast today is Mary Beth Pfeiffer, oncology Dietitian at the Helen G. Nassif Community Cancer Center, to discuss how the food we eat can affect our colon health, as well as our colon cancer risk. Today's podcast is part of the 2500 Miles for Colon Cancer Awareness campaign, where we are educating followers on a variety of colon cancer topics with Susie Douglas biking the Great Divide Trail to raise awareness about colon cancer in younger adults, particularly her brother, if you remember that podcast. Welcome back, Mary Beth.
1: Thank you. Good to be here. And I, I was kind of excited to see that we were going to be talking about Zach. He was one of my patients that I worked oh, with. Oh, so you
0: knew him? I knew him very well, yeah. and
1: I know his sister, Susie. And as I was telling uh, someone else, that he, she packed up and moved Back to help him go through treatment, yeah, and
0: we had her on a program, very supportive podcast ago. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, she's pretty, pretty much the ultimate in family support. Yeah. Well, you
0: know, Dr. Abramson, a friend and colleague, ha- has been on the podcast, and I believe we did that in March for a colon cancer awareness. Mm-hmm. I, I can't remember the exact date of that, but as he said on the the podcast as well it's just him and I talking about it, that it's. Younger people are presenting uh, mm-hmm. with more of an uh, aggressive sort of picture because they're presenting when they shouldn't be presenting late, earlier in life, and maybe right. a little bit more sublime presentation. Mm-hmm. And today we wanted to focus on what 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 diet would be best to recommend for uh, patients uh, to prevent their cut, decrease their risk of mm-hmm. colon cancer. We know that the Western diet uh, is lower in fiber and therefore Mm -hmm. puts people at risk for colon cancer. But I'd like to go a little bit further on that today to talk about what diet directly relates to the risk of colon cancer. Mm -hmm. So if you could start us off there, Mary Beth, I'd be interested to hear that.
1: Yeah. Well, fiber is one of the the key factors. But before I mention that, um, fluid intake is a a key contributor or lack of fluid to um, people's body and Uh, keeping the colon and uh, the bowel movements moving. So fluid, um, trying to get at least six to eight cups of fluid a day or more, um, is the first thing you can do is drink plenty of fluids, particularly water, but other things like milk and juice do count. Um, Fiber-wise, that is the key thing that you can do to decrease your risk of developing colon cancer. Now, people ask me, well, how much should I be eating? Well, the recommendations vary, but between 24 and 30 grams of dietary fiber a day is uh, the range that is most often used. Now, if you consider that um, a bowl of cornflakes has zero fiber, where a bowl of bran flakes or a bran cereal has six to 11, you can see where including a high fiber product like that on a daily basis, is a good start to helping to keep your colon happy and um, decreasing the risk for colon cancer.
0: So is it just simply, I mean, I, I know that like, in, correct me if I'm wrong, but I thought I read once that like charbroiled meat mm-hmm. uh, that it can yeah. have a higher risk of colon cancer. And there I can see that as possibly a direct carcinogen, right? right? right. Um, but otherwise, is the fiber just transit time? No,
1: it's not just transit time because there are healthy bacteria that live in our gut that need that fiber to develop and to stay. So it's a lot more complicated. And actually, we're still learning more every day about um, the effect of that. Um, There's a big major study where they are taking um, stool samples from people across the U.S. and analyzing them for the type of bacteria that they contain and then trying to link that to either developing illnesses or not developing yeah, yeah, illnesses. Yeah, I've seen
0: that, some of that data. But, but yeah. Maybe even the uh, obesity epidemic is not all right. high fructose corn syrup, but has right. some degree with the microbiome.
1: Right. Both the Cancer Society and I also encourage people to reach out to the um, AICR, which stands for the American Institute for Cancer Research. Uh, why I like that site is they take all the studies currently being done on Cancer, nutrition, um, and it evaluates whether there's enough proof to support us recommending certain foods or supplements. And there is no research really about um, to support the use of nutritional supplements like vitamins and minerals. Um, there are, um, the, the important part about weight is that try to stay as close to your ideal weight or a normal weight as you can without going under. Um, because that can have its own nutritional um, challenges with being underweight. But most of us here in the U.S. don't have that problem. So uh, exercise is as important. Um, We know that 150 minutes of exercise a week, now that's vigorous exercise. Um, If you do moderate exercise, which is probably what most of us more likely do, um, they recommend 300 um, minutes per week. Um, So, other things, doctor mentioned the meats, Um, red meats, and that includes beef and pork and lamb. We have learned that a high intake of those um, definitely um, plays a factor and can increase your risk for colon cancer. How you cook those products has even more of a risk to it, and if you go to the NASA Community Cancer Center website. We did an article on that, and you can uh, view that on our website. Uh, And it goes into more detail. But the key thing I tell people about that is don't char your meat. That's a direct uh, cancer-causing compound. Alcohol is another one. Um, We know that we encourage people not to drink at all unless they have to, or the less the better. You know, maximum is two drinks a day, but we encourage people try to abstain if you can. Regarding the red meats and related to that is processed meats. It's always better to not use a processed meat. And by that, I mean like hot dogs or luncheon meats, deli meats, or even smoked meats um, that we know they have an effect and can increase your risk of developing cancer.
0: Why is that? Because that comes up, processed meats, Mm -hmm. avoid processed meats. Mm -hmm. Um, I love hot dogs, by the way. I know. Uh, But... uh, but processed meats, I'm, I'm told if you ever seen how they're made, you would not love them. So I I'm, I will avoid that.
1: Yeah, but, I've never had that gone through a factory, but the, the the additive chemicals.
0: Is that what is that what it is, yeah, the yeah. nitrates or whatever yeah, it is? In, yeah. Uh, and dogs. again,
1: you know, back in the day with the bacon study, when nitrates first came about, the studies you would have had to eat 26 pounds of bacon a day in order to have the same cancer-causing effect. However, is it good to cut down on those? Yes. Even on red meats, no longer do they give a safe amount. Um, They used to say about 16 ounces a week. Well, if you get a big steak, there's a pound right there. But try and encourage people to eat less. I don't tell people no red meats. I say less and lean. So two L's, less and lean. And then do the uh, three Bs, bake, broil, barbecue. And by barbecuing, I'm meaning marinating the meat so it has less time to cook. We know that the vinegar and the acidic uh, marinades help uh, cut down on the chance of charring the meat or um, have a beneficial effect on cancer. So those are, are just some helpful things that we'd like to share with people.
0: Are there, are there any foods that, like, nicotine, smoking, is mm-hmm. associated with lung cancer, pretty strong? Right. Is, are there any foods that are strongly associated with colon cancer that should be avoided?
1: I would say the closest to that would be the alcohol. Okay. Um, we do know that smoking does play a role with colon cancer also. Right, yeah. Um, so, you know, we, we really try to encourage people to, you know, increase your intake of plant, sources of foods. And again, preferably not from a multivitamin supplement, but things like whole grains. And by that, I mean like long grain rice or whole wheat breads. And I tell people, kind of lift up the loaf of bread and see what it feels like, because that often is a good indicator of the dietary fiber content. And heavier. It's heavier. It's usually got more fiber in it, holds the moisture in. Um, So, Start looking when you're reading a label to determine the amount of fiber in it. Look for the dietary fiber, and it'll give you grams. And remember that earlier guideline I gave with 24 to 30 grams of fiber per day. And see how well you do. And then look at little things that you can add. I tell people oftentimes, except for the red meat, uh, we don't have to cut things down, but we have to add things. And I encourage them to add fruits vegetables, and I tell them canned fruits are fine if that's what your budget allows. They are very similar in nutritional content. I do encourage them to avoid the heavy syrups because of the extra sugar right. in it, but fresh, frozen, canned, they're all fine. We do encourage a little less sodium in some of those. They found that high salt foods, and again, that's part of the component we talk about with... Um, The smoking in the deli meats, they're extremely high in sodium content. And uh, most of us get more sodium than we need um, per day. But also trying to get more um, vegetables, as I mentioned, along with the fruits. But uh, we also like to encourage people, make sure that you're getting calcium and vitamin D every day. Just what I've observed in people that we check their vitamin D level, if you're from Iowa, you're almost always low in vitamin D. Um, That's why they started um, fortifying milk years ago, is because they knew that calcium and vitamin D were like buddies. They have to be there at the same time in order to make healthy bone. And in Iowa, where we don't have a lot of strong sunlight, I don't see many people out sunbathing in January. Um, But again, we don't really want people doing that because of skin cancer prevention. So um, we encourage people, use those low-fat dairy products that are fortified. And in this case, fortification uh, of the vitamins is is a good thing.
0: I, I have a theory that cabin fever in the spring is actually just a relative vitamin D deficiency. Interesting. People are achy, kind of irritable, mm-hmm. uh, don't feel well, they're tired. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, first couple of nice weekends, all of a sudden, all those things go away. So that's, yeah. that's my theory. But uh,
1: Yeah, I think that's a, that's a valid point and uh, totally makes sense to me.
0: So going, all right, I'm going to head to the store tonight. What would I purchase to, uh, to increase the mm-hmm. fiber in? And I don't like brand cereal. What would you recommend? What would you just?
1: Well, then I would probably go more with the um, other whole grain foods like whole grain pastas, um, the long grain rice I mentioned. Um, More beans like black beans or uh, kidney beans. Um, Even northern beans are are considered a good uh, fiber source. But trying to go around the outside of the grocery store is a good start. After you do that, you get your fruits, your vegetables, you get your dairy products. Then you can go down the aisles and look for your whole grain bread products, your whole grain cereals. And it doesn't have to be a brand cereal. If you take um, some kind of flake that you like and add raisins to it, that gives you the fiber oh, in the raisins sense. or a granola. You know, you can make your own granola. And there are many mixes or pre-made that you can use, but if you really want to... Um, Play it safest is to buy your own oatmeal and make your own granola recipes. We have some on our website, but
0: do you have other lists on the website of? Oh yeah, uh, of, yeah. Uh, Foods that uh, right. Okay,
1: and on both the Cancer Society and the AICR, they have grocery shopping lists, and basically it'll it'll give you those foods that we just talked about. Um, things I didn't mention were um, lower fat cheeses. Uh, or another good way to get your calcium and vitamin D. So, those are, that's a good way to do it. Just go around the outside, even though people say do that last. You can, but just make that the majority of your shopping is on the outside.
0: So, frost, I love frosted flakes. That's probably not high in fiber. It is not. Okay. Just, but. Boy, you, boy you've taken away my beer, my <laughs> steak. Now you're taking away my frosted I'm flakes. I'm sorry, Dr. Arnold.
1: I'm my. sorry. You don't have to take them away. You just have to add other things. Okay.
0: All right. So, hey, what are your thoughts on Susie Douglas? You kind of hinted at the beginning, you knew her.
1: Yeah, uh, I got her. to meet her. Because
0: personally, my sister would support me during cancer, but there's no way she'd drive 2,500 miles.
1: I think she's a rare individual. And after getting to meet Zach and his family, uh, his wife, as well as his sister, his, um, they're just amazing people. They're very supportive. And he spoke. Zach spoke so highly, in addition to his family, of his coworkers where he works as being big supports for him. But yeah, Susie is above and beyond what most people would be willing to do. Definitely. She was was amazing.
0: Well, that's great information today. Thanks for joining me. Again, that was Mary Beth Pfeiffer, oncology dietitian at Helen G. Nassif Community Cancer Center, to learn more about the 2,500 mile. Uh, for a colon cancer awareness campaign, or to contribute, visit communitycancercenter.org backslash 2500 miles. Thank you for listening to Live Well Talk On. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your family, friends, neighbors, strangers about our podcast. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, or wherever you get your podcast. Until next time, be well.